my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Hopefully, you guys had a fantastic weekend. I am back, uh, back from vacation, um, and I will be in town the rest of the year. Um, no more missing uh, full weeks on end. <laughs> I give you my word. I, I may miss a show or two before the end of the year for hunting-related purposes, but uh, for the most part, I am here every Monday and Wednesday for you guys. Uh, I've got your backs. As always, um, a great show for you today. I was joined by my brother Ian Hayworth, and we discussed, uh, we, we covered a lot. Uh, we, we talked about Kanye West's going on week long anti Semitic tirade. Um, interesting stuff there. We talked about economists finally admitting that we're heading towards a recession, uh, even though we've been in one for several months now. Uh, and we checked in on uh, the polls regarding the midterms and, and took a look at what to expect in three weeks. Uh, it was a, it was a good show. I think you guys will enjoy it. If you haven't already, uh, guys, please follow us on Twitter at No Gimmicks Pod. Please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Make sure to subscribe. And if you like the show and want to get involved, you can support us monthly over on Patreon, patreon.com slash the No Gimmicks Podcast. All right, without further ado, the great Ian Hayworth. All right, guys, we're here with my brother, Ian Hayworth. Ian, how you been, man? Oh, it's been a hell of a week. How have you been? <laughs> Always is, man. Always is. I've been great. I just got back from vacation, and then uh, opening weekend of duck season was this weekend, so I've been getting up at three and freezing my balls off in the swamp every morning, so it's... uh. That's been my week, but dude, we have a, obviously I was off last week on vacation, but we have a ton to catch up on Kanye West, the economy, the midterms in three weeks. But first we have to start here because you tweeted last night that you were watching the, uh, the nineties classic, the fifth element for the first time last night. So I'm going to need to ask you for your review of the great film, the fifth element. It was I think the only word is weird. Like I enjoyed myself. I think it, like Bruce Willis is great, but it was like a fever dream at the same time. <laughs> like the whole the whole thing was, like, am I conscious right now? Is did I kind of drift off to sleep halfway through and I'm imagining this? I think the funniest thing though was that the only thing they got right about the future was the fact that Lil Nas X exists in uh, Chris Tucker's character. <laughs> Chris Tucker. That's the only thing they got right about the future. The thing is, anytime they introduce a character throughout the movie like the new character is more ridiculous than the last one. Mm -hmm. I mean, from Chris Tucker to Gary Oldman's crazy character. I mean, it's just like, it, it's dude, it's all over the place, man. It's all over the place. And it's like, it's every, they try to make it. It's like, they just leaned into the 1990s. <laughs> oh, yeah. like we're just going to make like the ultimate nineties sci-fi movie. It's funny. I think it was, uh, what's that YouTuber? Uh, Oh, the critical drinker, that Scottish feller who's super famous reviews movies like he i think his review of fifth element was great because he's like it's just like star wars or star trek or any of these like big sci-fi movies except without any like moral point like no there's like no like grand there, there's no like you know like star wars is like a morally complex with like obviously darth vader and luke and it's just like you know it's like commentary on life and humanity and, and stuff like that. Same with Star Trek and all those other movies. But So, like, Fifth Element's like that, but you strip out all the substance. 
And it's just the ridiculous nonsense for like three hours. So I think that that clocks it pretty well. That's for sure. I also think just a lot of characters stuck around for way too long. Like Chris Tucker was like, okay, it was kind of funny. And then 20 <laughs> minutes, 30 minutes in, he's one of the main characters in the mission suddenly. Like, how did this happen? I know. I know. <laughs> I know. And like, and none of it's like laid out at all as to like why any of these things are happening, really. It's just like random crazy events happening to Earth. <laughs> it's like one after, dude, it's fantastic. If you had to grade it on a scale of one to 10, how many stars would you, or one to five, would you give it? I think it'd be a three for me. Three. Like I, I will probably never watch it again. It's usually like how if it's four above, it's the kind of thing I would watch again. <laughs> I think well, I've seen it once, um, never again. But it was fun. <laughs> All right, man. So we have to let's start with the Kanye West stuff. Um, we'll get to the midterms, the polls, the latest Biden regime catastrophes in a second. But let's start with Kanye West, who's had himself a week. Our boy Kanye really hates the Jews. Apparently, he's made that abundantly clear over the last week in several different media appearances uh, how much he doesn't like uh, Jewish people. Um, he says Jews, Jews control the media, the banks, all the, the classic stuff. Um, he believes the Jews have something to do with his divorce or something for some reason. I mean, just great, you know, great stuff across the board. Um, you know, obviously conservatives uh, were all in on Kanye because they just can't help themselves when a celebrity says anything, you know, right wing or conservative. These people get fooled again and again, um, and we'll get in, you know, more more to that in a second. But you know, <laughs> conservative media, conservatives more generally, refusing to learn their lesson once again. One of these people that the right champions turns out to be a bigot. You know, like we've all known Kanye was crazy for a long time, but it's like I don't know. Nobody should have been surprised by any of this. I don't know what it's going to take for conservatives to to avoid being fooled by by this stuff again. But anyway, you're taking it. Obviously, you've been worked up about this for for a week now. So, um, yeah, man, your thoughts on all of it. Yeah, I've been trying to ring um, the bell on this as loud as I can, because really the issue is not Kanye. Like Kanye is allowed to think what he wants. I think he should be allowed to say what he wants. I don't think he should have been banned on social media or anything. Like the fact that one rapper has an anti-Semitic thought is hardly a shock. A lot of them do. This is not really anything new. Again, my concern comes down to the fact that the conservative movement, without question, embraced him because he said one confused, supposedly conservative thing about being pro-life. And they all just jumped on the bandwagon of, oh, yeah, Kanye is the best. Like the House Judiciary Committee put out a tweet, I think, Elon Trump Kanye. Like, you fucking idiots. Like, you, 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 as you say, you never learn. You just jump on the latest celebrity. You think you can ride their coattails because this is really what it is, that there's a obsession with celebrity and especially black celebrity in the conservative movement where they're just desperate to have cultural representation. And so someone like Kanye comes along, who's legit, uh, legitimately one of the most famous people in the country. They couldn't help themselves. And a benefit for them is also that a lot of people just simply don't care about anti-Semitism. On the left, the right, the middle, the United States, what, really worldwide, anti-Semitism, there's a huge blind spot for it. And so the fact that Kanye's one problem is that he's <laughs> massively and unapologetically anti-Semitic really isn't getting, getting in the way for a lot of people. You still see a lot of high-profile conservatives celebrating him today. You know, he's been on a nonstop anti-Semitic rant for a week now on multiple outlets, multiple opportunities to apologize. You had a lot of his defenders saying, oh, well, we just need to wait and see what he actually means. And then he clarifies exactly <laughs> what he means. It's what he and means. then they just they, they have nothing to say. It's like, well, when he says that Jews control the media, that Zion, that, that um, his wife and Pete Davidson had sex by the fire because of Zionists, I think that's what he means. 
it, it's it's just absurd, absolutely absurd, and, and disgusting to watch. Well, he it, like the thing is, he I mean he he's clarifying what he means in like all these interviews. He's like, it's the Jewish people. It, it, like he's like making it clear, like he just hates Jews. Like he's not talking about like Israel or talking about like you know specific like you know a Jewish person in media or whatever. Like he's yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. And you see that you know like his defenders, Candace Owens and all these type people. Like, you know, he, he wasn't really. She said something along the lines of like, oh, he's not anti-Semitic. It's like, oh, you can't even say Jewish anymore without being called anti-Semitic. It's like, actually, you can. I do all the time. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's very easy to say the term Jewish without being an anti-Semite, um, you know, when he's ranting and raving against Jewish people more generally. Also, side note, side note, it did crack me up, his you know the the trope about Jews controlling the media, and it's like I can't stand the media more. I I have a lower opinion of the media than probably anyone else on earth. That's why I started this podcast almost six years ago because I cannot stand these people. But like, let's just say it were true, which of course it's not. But let's just say it's true that like all corporate journalists were Jewish or whatever, and Jews controlled the media. That like these people are like bloodthirsty degenerates who just destroy countries and are trying to make me poor right now to help the party, the capital P party, the Democrats. Okay, so it's like, let's just say they were all Jewish. That like that would be the worst, that would be the least bad thing. Like, imagine looking at the corporate press, how awful these people are, and like, you know their problem? Judaism. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's it. Like, that's what's, they'd be totally fine. If they weren't Jewish, <laughs> it's like what? It's like even if even if you were an anti-Semite, their Jewishness would be the most benign thing about them as human beings. You know what I'm saying? It's like it, it, that's just a side note. It cracked me up a little bit. Not to make well, light of this, but hey, man, you're no, either, I don't, you're I don't, I don't think even I don't think that's even a side note. Like if you look at the um, defense of Kanye when he first came out and said a bunch of this stuff on Tucker Carlson, and also that Fox News cut out some of the worst stuff. So this is the the good stuff they let through. And his tweets, for example, saying like calling out Jewish people. One of the defenses was, oh, he's talking about non-religious Jews in Hollywood. So, like, oh, is he? Because when I read it, he capitalized just Jewish people. If he wants Jewish to call out people. individual yes. people, use their name. Like when I when he um, called out Jared Kushner, saying that he only really sought out uh, peace in the Middle East to make money. That's on. I think there are arguments for and against whether that's anti-Semitism or not. I think it's clearly anti-Semitic given the context of everything else Kanye has said. But as an individual statement, he called out an individual. And so it's unfair to label that in isolation as anti-Semitic. Right. But when you are calling out an entire group of people and these same conservatives, if someone said this about white people or black people or conservatives or Trump fans, they'd be up in arms. But because it's Jewish people, they're just desperate to clarify for Kanye. And one one last thing I actually want to say about this is one of the defenses um, that I want to sort of disagree with is the idea that it wasn't honest. Like there was this claim that if you're an honest person, you don't think Kanye was being anti-Semitic. That itself is really rooted in, I think you could argue is rooted in bigotry in that you can't agree or disagree that something is anti-Semitic. If you think something is anti-Semitic, you are inherently nefarious. You are trying to manipulate reality in pursuit of your own pro-Jewish goals. I think that's quite a dangerous statement that went by a lot of people's notice that I think we should really pick up on is the fact that, yeah, you can argue that Kanye is or isn't anti-Semitic. I think you can be wrong or correct. But to claim that it's dishonest to say that someone calling out an entire racial group is bigoted, I think is really, really disgusting. 
Yeah, it's just part of this, like, right-wing circle-the-wagons mentality. Like, people on the right are just so used to being smeared for, mm-hmm. their, you know, calling, you know, every Republican is a white supremacist or a racist or a Nazi or whatever. So it's just, like, people hear that and just reflexively just recoil and, like, no, no, I'm not. No, he's not. You know, but it's like, come on, man. It's like, <laughs> it's like, I mean, Kanye is, like, it saying he's like if you asked Kanye West right now are you an anti-semite I assume he would say yes I mean like he's not hiding the ball here he would also say he is a semite because it's the radical (laughs) black Hebrew Israelite (laughs) ideology at the center of it so you know he is Jew in his own words right yeah great grammar there as well um (laughs) but like here's the thing man about like because it'll happen again I mean and the anti-semitism aside like celebrities are all nuts whether they're bigoted or not, they're all crazy. None of them are very bright. None of them actually understand politics or economics or anything like that. They're just these crazy people, right? And people on the right are going to fall for this again. The next time a celebrity says something right-wing, they're going to fall for it. I don't know what it's going to take to to wake people up to this. But it's like, with Kanye, dude, he's been famous since the mid, uh, late 90s, you know, 97, 98, really. And, like, he's always been nuts. I mean, it's, it's not like this is should be surprising he's spoken openly about his mental health problems like the guy has said he has some kind of split personality disorder he's like schizophrenic okay so it's like if you know that you know that like people in conservative media it's like you know this guy is not well like you know like we've seen outbursts and like schizophrenic episodes from kanye a lot over the last 25 years so i mean this is this isn't like some guy that's you know Pure as the driven snow, and then oh wow, he's gonna just come out of no out of left field with the anti-Semitism. It's like no man, he's said crazy stuff over the years. Like he's spoken about his mental health problems publicly. It's like why, what, like what would possess you <laughs> in conservative media to hitch your wagon to that? Like what, yeah. like what, why would you want to roll the dice? Like if he never has said anything bigoted in his whole life, still, if you know this man is not well, he's he's prone to make yeah, having these like personality shifting outbursts that last weeks you know what i mean like dude a couple years ago he was like living in the like uh in like a basketball stadium for a few months like he just does crazy like he's a crazy person like why would you hitch your wagon to that why would you count on a, a mentally unstable person like kanye to be a champion of like the conservative message or whatever like it's like dude nobody's hold, hiding the ball here like, we knew Kanye was nuts. Like, why would you still attempt to make him, like, a a face of, like, the political right? It's like, I don't know, man. These decisions are just so bizarre to me. Well, because I think none of this is about conservatism. This is all about seeking attention, celebrity, and money. And Kanye West is someone who's very wealthy, very well-known, very famous. And so there are a lot of people who happen to exist in the conservative movement, but in no way conservative, who are just trying to feed off whatever scraps fall from Kanye. And when he's all used up, then they'll move on to someone else. None of this is about conservatism. You had people celebrating Kanye the day after his anti-Semitic tweets. None of this is about values. This is all about trying to raise your own notoriety on someone else's back. That's all this is. Yeah, man, I, I definitely agree with you. And and one more point on Kanye. Uh, apparently this morning came out. He, he is buying a Parler, which if you guys remember that, I think I was on Parler for about a week. <laughs> it was terrible. It's just this awful. It's trash. It's a trash app. It's a trash app. The app doesn't work very well. 
crashes all the time. It's it's and it's just an awful like Twitter knockoff anyway. There's nothing that like differentiates it from Twitter, uh, which is if you're gonna build a, a tech platform, yeah, come on, like you have to you have to make your platform somehow different than in one of like the big three already is. But uh, so Kanye's buying Parler. Candace Owens' husband is the CEO of Parler. Okay, so it's like how much of a grifter is Candace Owens? Well, she just swindled Kanye West out of like millions of dollars. You know, her her quote unquote good friend Kanye West to bail out her husband's crappy failing tech company. So like, yikes! I mean, it's just so it's so over the top, man. Like the greed, the grift. It's like, dude, how, the fact that anybody takes these people seriously at this point is just mind boggling. Well, also just on on Kanye, the fact that all of this happened in a timeline that was massively advantageous for him. So let's have a quick look at the timeline, right? He he was relatively obscure, like he he wore a MAGA hat in 2016 and then kind of went away. And then suddenly, out of nowhere, he appears at his fashion show wearing a White Lives Matter t-shirt, and then he's on Tucker Carlson a couple of days later. So immediately he has millions, if not billions of dollars of marketing for free going on Tucker Carlson. It's one of the biggest shows in the country. And then he just goes randomly off on Jews on Twitter out of nowhere, posting all this stuff, desperate to get banned, knowing the policies of Twitter. We can argue you know, whether or not those policies are correct, but the policies are pretty clear. Like he got banned perfectly in line with the policies Twitter has. I, I think those policies are wrong, but it's not a surprise that he was banned. And then suddenly he comes out and says, oh, we've got to fight censorship. That's why I'm buying this company. This is just a marketing play. You are all being played. If you went along with any of this, if you defended the anti-Semitism, if you defended Kanye, if you thought he's a conservative voice, this is all to make him and others money. That's all this is. It's just, I don't know what it's going to take to wake conservatives up, man. I mean, it's it's across the political right. Libertarians do this too. I mean, you see, dude, you see libertarians right now uh, embracing Tulsi Gabbard. You know, <laughs> it's talking about how great Tulsi Gabbard is, and it, like I like Tulsi seems like a genuinely good human being. She seems very nice. She's smart for a politician. <laughs> you know, like she and she, I believe she's very good on war, and she's she's good on a few things like ending the war on drugs, and there's there's a handful of things. She's good on religious liberty issues and stuff like that. Like she's not awful, but she's like a hard left socialist on economics she's like anti-gun she wants to round up you know guns and uh, confiscate guns from from innocent people so i mean it's like yeah she's like a monster (laughs) she's like a left-wing monster (laughs) on a lot of these issues you see libertarians like because she says a couple libertarian things here and there and she's anti-war like trying to embrace her as like a part of the movement or whatever like i it's gonna keep happening but it's like with, with people like kanye and you saw with donald trump too like you know like I said, I have to preface, I voted for Trump twice. I literally endorsed him on this podcast. So freaking leave me alone, guys. But uh, like when Trump supporters would just defend anything Trump said, and then they'd say, oh, that's not what he meant. That's not what he meant. And then he would double down. Mm-hmm. And then he'd whip out his phone on Twitter and be like, no, no, I meant that. And this, it's like, and it's the same thing with Kanye. It's like, man, these guys who are unpredictable, who say whatever they want and don't really, aren't grounded in any kind of, like, principles. If you defend them and say, oh, that's not what they meant, there's, like, a 78% chance within the next 30 seconds they're going to double down and make you look like an idiot for defending them. You know what I mean? Because they, there's no, they're not grounded in any kind of, like, moral principle or anything. So it's like, I why like why take the time? Like, why, why would you, yeah. like, why would you defend Trump having sex with a porn star five seconds after his wife gave birth to his son. Like, why? Like, why would you, like, what's the point in defending that? Like, what is the point in saying, like, oh, I don't think Kanye's actually a bigot. 
when he's just five seconds later going to double down and prove that he is. It's like, it's just like, we've seen this over and over, and people, I don't know, I, I get it, man. I understand being on the right. I am on the political right. I, I understand that we're under attack from the press, from the left, constantly. And I understand the desire to circle the wagons and defend people. And sometimes that's the right thing to do. But it's like, man, if somebody is telling you who they are, <laughs> I, I don't understand yeah. why you feel the need to defend literally everything to mandate. I did, my, the last podcast I did a week ago was we basically did an hour on how awful Herschel Walker is and how I think you should vote for him anyway. But, like, I'm not defending any of the things that mm-hmm. Herschel Walker did. I don't think he's a good guy. I think he's a very bad guy. But I don't want to be poor, so I want Republicans to control the Senate, so I want you to get your butt out there if you live in Georgia and vote for Herschel Walker. Okay? Like, two things can be true at once. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, you don't need to defend the guy. And you see a lot of conservatives, oh, you know, it's all a lie. It's all a smear. It's all, it's like, dude, I don't know, man. When the man's kid is up there, like, yeah, my dad's a liar. <laughs> I mean, it's like, it's just tough, man. Yeah, maybe they're, they're paying him off. Maybe they're paying Herschel Walker's son. But probably not. Probably mm-hmm. not. Occam's razor is that Herschel's a, a scumbag. But you know, it's, I, I just don't understand the reflexive desire to defend anyone on the right from any accusations of anything, even not even accusations, even just things that they come out and, and elect to say themselves. Well, because it's all about the, the reaction and the counter-reaction. And so it doesn't really matter the actual details of, of the event. It's just the left thinks something, so I'm going to think the opposite. Like people have defined their entire political existence by just being the opposite of whatever the other side is or says. And it's, it's a real problem, I think, when we just set aside values in exchange for that. So, for example, people saying, oh, well, the left is completely hypocritical because they're, they're condemning Kanye West. Like, Ilan Omar came out and condemned Kanye West for oh, gosh, um, yeah. anti-Semitism. And then also she condemned Donald Trump for the dual loyalty uh, trope. Like, yeah, both of those things are true, but I'm not going to take Ilan Omar particularly seriously. But I don't care what Ilan Omar has to say on anything. I care about conservative values and conservative people should care that the faces of our movement demonstrate at least the core set of those values. Like when I see so-called principal conservatives coming out and cheering on um cheering on Kanye, it says a lot to me that maybe you don't care about your own values. And it's it's a terrifying time just for a conservative. Like, yes, I'm Jewish. So like this, this hits me harder. But I feel the same way when you see people like um, there's some been some celebrities who've come out and said the N word. They haven't apologized or whatever. Maybe they have. Maybe they haven't. And then you see conservatives embrace them just because the left is angry. Those aren't conservative values. And I think we're, we're setting fire to our own values just in return for being the counterculture. And I think it's a very dangerous route we're on. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And I, I do, dude, man, like you got you almost have to respect like I hate CNN. I can't stand these people. But that was an excellent troll of the right um, to have Ilhan Omar on. <laughs> to talk about anti-Semitism. <laughs> like, you, dude, you have to almost respect how just brutal these people are. Like they did that just to kick sand in our eyes, mm-hmm. just to mock the right, just to mock Republicans. Well, we do it, too. We have Marjorie Taylor Greene on to talk about anti-Semitism. Like the woman yeah. thinks Jews control the weather with space lasers. Like, what are we doing? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's crazy, man. 335 million people in this country. And this is <laughs> come on, man. Like, dude. <laughs> so we get we get what we pay for. <laughs> yeah, seriously, man. Seriously. In, in unimpressive, un- uneducated electorate, man, who just doesn't. The American people have lost their values. It's not just the idiots on TV. Unfortunately, but um, but we got it. Let's let's uh, check in on the midterms, which are wow, three weeks away at this point. Really, Wild. really 
Yeah, man. And don't worry. I, you know, the presidential election cycle starts one day later, Ian. So, hey, man. <laughs> Fun stuff. Get ready. Never escape. <laughs> but uh, corporate media is starting to see the writing on the wall. Um, there's been zero indication that the economy is going to get better anytime soon. And it's looking more and more like a red wave is coming. Um, polls show that inflation is by far the top issue for every single voting demographic. Abortion, which, which you know, the left really thought was going to be their their get out of jail free card, uh, way down, way down in the single issue, single digits, uh, in every democratic, in every demographic, including Democrats, including Democratic women, um, it's still in single digits, um, in terms of somebody's top priority in the midterms. Uh, they they really thought the Roe v. Wade stuff was going to help Democrats, and it's just not gonna. Um, even with terrible candidates like the aforementioned Herschel Walker, um, these guys are still competitive. Walker's competitive. Dr. Oz is even competitive. Um, (laughs) you have a guy like Laxalt up in Nevada. It looks like JD Vance, Ron Johnson, guys like that who were looking sketchy a couple months ago. They're going to win easily. Um, Democrats are going to be punished, man. They're going to be punished for what they did to the economy, what they did to the American people and their corporate press. It's funny watching their, their, their cheerleaders in the press pivoting <laughs> to, they're, they're finally writing some doom and gloom stuff at the last minute so they can cover their asses i think the realization is that people want to be able to buy food it's the, the yeah. ultimate central issue of why anyone does anything is like you work so you have money to support your family and the fact is people can't do that right now the cost of everything in american life has gone through the roof you have a president who is so out of touch he's there chomping down on ice cream telling americans that the economy is strong and people are just Terrible. fed up with it like people do not care about a lot of the other political games that people in DC like to play. People do not care about abortion. They don't care about climate change. They don't care about any of these ridiculous issues. They don't te- uh, care about the transgender movement. They care about putting food on their table for their children. And right now, I mean, you and I have seen it. Everyone who goes to the store, unless you have an unlimited budget, has noticed that everything is costing more to a ridiculous level. And who does that affect the most? The people who have the smallest amount in their budget of wiggle room. It's all the way it works. Inflation always hits those who have the least f- hardest because you have the least. And so you have the least wiggle room. People in D.C. aren't particularly affected. They're all making a couple of hundred grand a year, plus whatever they're making on the side. Yes, things might be a bit more expensive. But if you, say, have five or ten dollars left in your budget and that gets eaten up without even trying by a gas increase over one day, the, things are going to get really hard for you. And that's without the economy really taking a huge downturn in the way it's going to in the coming years. Like we're going to see job losses. We're going to see continued inflation. We're going to see people not investing. We're going to see the housing market fall apart because the mortgage rate is huge and people simply aren't buying houses in the same way they were. It's going to get really bad really quick, and people are waking up to that reality. Yeah, and you're noticing how these Democrats running for office are choosing to campaign. Um, And it is really telling. I mean, across the country, uh, these Democratic candidates are refusing to debate, debate at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, you see, like, in, in Arizona, the, the governor race is, is down to a point or two. It's very close. And the Democrat is refusing to debate uh, Carrie Lake. Uh, just and They always have, like, the, the dumb Democrat line. They're like, oh, they're, Republicans are all fascists, and I don't want to debate a fascist. Or, you know, they have the, the stupid little lines that they, they give to the corporate press. But it's like, yeah, man, I, I understand why these Democrats don't want to debate. Like, how can you defend the Democratic Party's record? I mean, they, they mm-hmm. took a, a, a howitzer to the American economy. And now everybody's poor and interest rates are through the roof. Nobody can afford to do anything. I mean, it's like, yeah, I, I understand. I, why, how would you get on a debate stage and defend, defend Joe Biden and the Democratic congressional majority? Like, how could you possibly do that? 
Are you doing better than you were <laughs> two years ago? I mean, like the over the resounding answer is no. I mean, if you're starting a debate in a hole like that, I understand why they would be terrified. Mm-hmm. I, I understand the cowardice. Um, obviously, I, I wish they would still debate, but uh, like I get it. Like, how the heck are you supposed to stand on the debate stage right now and like defend Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer and Joe Biden? There's nothing you can say because money in people's pocket is the one metric that everyone has access to. There are a lot of other things in political life that it's actually very hard to gauge where you are at right now. A lot of it is is quite abstract or long term. Like, for example, um, foreign policy issues take months, if not years, to really work themselves out into whether you know something was good or bad. Right. But the money in your pocket and how much that gets you is a today right now issue. And every single day it's getting harder and harder. And especially when Democrats present themselves as the party of the people, we're trying to help the working class. We're trying to help the middle class. And they are destroying both of those groups. They have nothing to stand on. It's if the Republicans don't take back the House and the Senate and very, very strongly, they've lost the biggest political opportunity. I mean, it's sad to talk about this as an opportunity because people are suffering. I I want people not to suffer. But just on a political level, if the GOP mess this up, they don't deserve ever to win because this is the most beatable set of Democrats I think any of us will ever see. And uh, it's. It's because of Joe Biden and his policies, and he's given the keys to the castle to a bunch of left-wing socialist idiots. And this yeah. is what happens. You play stupid games, you win stupid prizes. Yeah, yeah. And the left-wing economists are starting to admit now that a recession is likely in 2023. Um, yeah. Obviously, we all know Good we're bet. already— Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'd say that is a 100% bet. I mean, wow, free money in Vegas, <laughs> betting that line. But— uh I mean, we're already in a recession. Obviously, a recession is two consecutive quarters of negative GDP growth. We're going on three now. So, um, But obviously, Democrats run the government. So if you guys missed it, over the summer, economists changed the definition of a recession mm-hmm. to help the party, the capital P party. Um, but So even these hacks are admitting that we will be in a recession, quote-unquote, soon, including massive job losses. You know, they have to cover their backsides here. Uh, Jim Garrity over at National Review mentioned this morning, and I think this is true, that if Democrats do get wiped out, which hopefully they do in three weeks, um, and the economy gets even worse um, because of all their insane spending in 2023, which it undoubtedly will, um, Biden is going to get some primary challengers. I mean, the party behind the scenes might try to get him not to run, beg him not to run. But, I mean, the man's a zombie. He's 80. Mm-hmm. He can barely speak English. And he has intentionally destroyed the American economy. I mean, Democrats are, are, are so convinced, and they have been for generations, that they can do whatever they want, and the press will cover for them, which is true. I mean, the press will will attempt to run cover no matter what they do. But, I mean, Americans just aren't believing the propaganda if they had money when Republicans were in charge, and now they can't afford food, like you mentioned. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, you just cannot propagandize that away. Yeah, they're, they're really backing themselves into a corner. I, the, the concern here, though, is that who are they going to pick instead, because everyone is worse. Like, because it's not about a person. I think we have this problem in our society, almost a paganistic view of it's all about this one person you have in power that will solve everything. It's an institutional problem. The Democratic Party are these policies like that. That's what is happening isn't just Joe Biden coming in. It is a deep problem that they think they can spend their way out of any problem, making a lot of them rich in the process. So whether you get Pete Buttigieg, who's just there because he's gay and likes trains, you have Kamala Harris, who sucked her way to the top. Like none of these people are in any way qualified to do this. I, I don't know who they're going to pick instead, but it's a Democratic Party problem that they just have this disgusted view of the American people, that they do not care people are suffering. And it's it's terrifying that they could win in 2024 if 
if say Trump wins and the, uh, the nomination, we could easily have Democrats in power for another four years. We really need to wake up to the threat that this is. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. And, uh, this morning in New York Times, we can end it here. A New York Times Siena poll uh, that, that released a couple hours ago has Biden down 19 points, down at, at 38 um, percent. And they have Republicans up four points in the generic congressional ballot. And I mean, their elections in three weeks. Every recent poll in the last few weeks, besides the Fox News poll that came out last week, which the Fox News poll is always like the the the, the it's very way off, you know, in favor of the Democrats It's one of the most left-leaning polls in the country has been the last couple election cycles. Um, but all 99% of, of these polls have Republicans up in the generic ballot, which never happens, by the way. Mm-hmm. Even in red wave years, that poll will be about even. Um, so, yeah, man, I think I wish we had better candidates. It would have been a much bigger red wave if we had better candidates, um, if the right people won some of these primaries. But nevertheless, I, I, I think Democrats are finally going to be punished. Um, in a few weeks for all the economic destruction they've brought to this country. Oh, they should. They, sh- they should have their careers ended. This isn't just a, you're punished for two years, you come back. This is, you're done. You are done. Yeah. Yeah, man, absolutely. Ian, my brother, where can everybody uh, follow you online? Check out your show, uh, subscribe to your Substack, all that good stuff. Give us the plugs. Yeah, you can find me on all social media, I-G-H-A-W-O-R-T-H. Uh, my show is off limits with Ian Howarth. We're on a break. We just ended the season one. There's going to be some bonus content uh, coming out in between now and the start of season two in the new year. So you can head off to off limits with Ian Howarth on YouTube. You can find all my videos there. Subscribe. Um, you can find my Substack on, via Twitter and all that good stuff. So, yeah, thanks as always for having me, Brady. Of course. Everybody check out the show. Everybody follow Ian. He's great. That's all I got for today. I'm Brady Leonard. I'll be back on Wednesday. No gimmicks. <laughs>